I am happy to report this United States congressman will be on with us every month as far as information we need to know. You know him well. His name is Nick Lalota, and he's uh, nice enough to give us a couple of minutes here in early February. Sir, how are you? And thank you. Good morning, Jay. Thanks for having me on yet. Fair warning, I have not yet had my coffee this morning, but I still got plenty of energy and looking forward to our great discussion, Jay. Ton of energy, my friend. I cannot wait to have that uh, double espresso with you. I can't wait. And we will have that, I promise you. Um, so much going on and everything else. Let's recap and everything. You know, the committees and, and you know, they get uh, sought out and people involved with committees, people getting tossed out of committees, the right thing to do. I got into that whole thing with Schiff and Swalwell before. But uh, in essence... You know, take me back to McCarthy, uh, you know, in play, you know, his little back and forth. We had you on very early. Good to have him secured in that post, sir. Excellent, yeah. And committees are a tremendous privilege for a member of Congress to be able to use the skills he or she has learned in their life, uh, their experiences and things in between to advocate for the issues they're knowledgeable about. I'm tremendously privileged to have been selected to serve on three committees, Jay. Not all freshmen got three. Most got two. Uh, but I'm, uh, I'm on the Armed Services Committee. I'm on the Homeland Security Committee and the Small Business Committee. And given my experience, uh, 11 years in the Navy, uh, I intend to be a strong advocate to ensure our men and women in uniform have the tools they need to win the next conflict and to come home safely, to have the budget, the policies, and what not to do so. Very honored to be selected for the Armed Services Committee. Of course, Homeland Security Committee established post 9-11 because of 9-11. Near and dear to every New Yorker. uh, Proud to serve on that committee. And just found out a couple of days ago they want me to serve in the Small Business uh, Committee, too. And I think that here on Long Island, uh, it's surely the lifeblood uh, of our economy, small businesses. So I intend to be a, a strong advocate for our small businesses here on Long Island. Tremendously honored to serve on those three committees, Jay. Why not when that uh, uh, fake, uh, phony, and fraud uh, recuse himself off of that? We'll get into that maybe a little bit later. You know, I got to tell you, um, I've observed you. You are like a sorely veteran in all of this. I, I love the way you've kind of gone about your business, everything I've read. And it feels like you've been around there for 10 years. Uh, how have you kind of seamlessly made the transition, Congressman Lalota? Well, thanks for saying that, Trey. There was uh, four or five days on the House floor voting for Speaker. kind of seemed like 10 days, so maybe that's where I got the experience from. But now, kidding aside, uh, I love this country, Jay. I've thought about um, you know, how I can serve it for my entire adult life. I was proud to I've gone to the Naval Academy and worn a Navy uniform for more than a decade. And things about this country's policies, its budgets, uh, how we frame um, the next couple of decades of this great country's future matter to me. Um, and, and these votes that we take uh, are very important to ensure that we uh, ensure that America stays on, the, on a good trajectory. We are the greatest nation the world has ever known. I think that every member of Congress should be proud about that. We should be saying that more often. We should be promoting policies, which ensure uh, that remains the case going forward. So I appreciate those kind words, Jay, but we have a lot of work ahead of us. Uh, Those of us uh, in the Republican conference, we campaigned on the commitment to America. We told our voters that 
We wanted to ensure that our economy got put on the right track, that we made America energy independent, that we secured our border, that we protected our freedoms, and that we ensured that we hold this presidential administration accountable. Those are the things on which we campaigned. I went a step further and said, I want to make sure I bring the bacon home for Long Island. Us New Yorkers, we get screwed, as you know, Jay. For every dollar we send to Washington, we get a mere 93 cents back. we got to make that right. we got to make some progress on getting our salt deduction back. Those are the things I'm focused on, Jay. I've built a lot of coalitions, even in my first month in Congress, to help ensure that those goals are, are more achievable, Jay. Getting the right people on these committees is essential. Uh, because, you know, you look at, as I mentioned, Swalwell, Schiff, food, and rightfully so. You look at Schiff with all the the lies he spewed regarding the uh, uh, Russia, Russia, China, Russia, U.S. collusion. Uh, even Swalwell with the uh, duped by a Chinese spy. I mean, I go on and on here. Omar, Ilan Omar being tossed. And now they're saying, well, because she's a Muslim. I mean, come on, stop. I mean, it is insane. When you are right in the center of it all, you're right there. I mean, these are very good decisions to not have the wrong people on these committees. The decision to boot Omar specifically was the right decision. And and like I said to start, you know, serving on a committee is a privilege, not a right. Not everybody gets it. We've even booted some of the people from our own side of the aisle for their transgressions as well. But one's skills, one's background should complement. Um, their presence on the committee. And when the Foreign Affairs Committee has reinforced a bipartisan, bicameral relationship with Israel that has been reinforced by every presidential administration, regardless of party, we, we've affirmed that Israel is one of our strong partners, if not our strongest partner in our national defense. And we could talk probably for a half hour, Jay, as to why that's the case. But I I can sum it up pretty simply. The people who would want to wipe Israel off of the map want the same for America's fate. They chant death to America. Our fates are linked. We should help each other. And that is something that Republicans and Democrats have agreed on for decades. And for this individual to be rowing in the other direction every day on on that issue simply doesn't serve the purpose of the House Foreign Affairs Committee. So let's not confuse one's gender, uh, one's religion or anything else for why this decision was made. She could have been a white man and she would have been tossed as well because she is advocating for policies that are antithetical to America's own national security that has been agreed upon by Republicans and Democrats for decades and have been the forefront of our foreign efforts specifically in the Middle East. She deserves to be off of the committee. Now, no about, question. She spews uh, all kinds of lies. Just like, yeah, I mean, she spews lies, just like Adam Schiff. Uh, I mean, it, it really is. You know, I said even earlier on the show, there, there wasn't a time where you couldn't change the channel and see Schiff. And Swalwell, too. You know, Swalwell's another one of those guys. Uh, but in essence, it was the right thing. Now, a couple of things. Energy independence is huge. We know it was. It has to be going forward. Um, this White House does not recognize it, yet you did with an amendment uh, which ensures the House's preference to increase American energy production and decrease Congressman reliance on our nation's adversaries does not override any existing drilling bans in offshore waters. Jersey to Maine, talk to me a little bit about that. Huge. So the bill's a good bill. 
the, the bill says that when the president taps the SPR for not emergency reasons, and in this case for political reasons, he must replenish it right away with American energy. Now, all the Republicans, and even some Democrats, thought that was a good idea. I want to go a step further, Jay. I want to make sure that it was clear that our priority to ensure that we tapped American energy, and by the way, we have 43.8 billion barrels of oil reserves, known right now, probably many, many more that we don't yet know and haven't yet proven. That's a 20-year supply, Jay. What we said is when the president taps the strategic petroleum reserve that he has to go fill it up with American energy. But I just want to take it a step further, Jay, and say, listen, nothing about this bill interrupts the expectation that we won't be drilling off of Long Island. I think that's important here for Long Islanders. We have a struggling fishing industry. We want to protect our our environment uh, and our wildlife. And I just want to make sure, Jay, that as we promoted extracting some of those 43.8 billion barrels of crude oil reserves, Nobody got the wise idea to start drawing off of uh, drilling off of uh, of Long Island. I think that's important to balance that out, Jay. Congressman Lalota with us uh, for a couple of minutes now. Uh, the president announced the COVID nineteen emergency declarations are going to end. Uh, I think it was in May, um, and it came just a couple of days after Congressman Lalota rejected the invitation of the White House required being subjected to excessive, in my estimation, uh, and unnecessary COVID-19 protocols. Uh, Isn't it interesting, coincidental, whatever you want to call it, that the president uh, declared this, the end of it all, you put up uh, a fight, and I thought rightfully so. So the president seventy or so fresh on both sides of the aisle to join him for a conversation in the White House. And to be honest, I was eager to do so. You know, I wanted to share with him some of my priorities specifically on salt for Long Island and figure out if there was a way that we could work together on things. But you know, we got a five page memo from the White House on some protocols and a lot of them were fair about security and you know ensuring the right people and you have to disclose social security numbers. And that that was all fair and fine. But there was a half a page dedicated to COVID protocols, that you had to first submit yourself to a PCR test, and then second, either declare that you are vaccinated, and if you were unwilling to declare that you were vaccinated, to wear a mask and to be socially distant. Now, I thought we're well past that, Jay. I heard the president himself say in 60 minutes, three, four months ago, the pandemic is over. That's what he said before Election Day. And everywhere I've gone in government and life, but for hospitals, that is the case. We're not masked up. We're not asked to sign anything disclosing our vaccination status. I think that needs to come to an end. I made a protest out of not going to the White House over this to draw attention to it. And sure, six days later, the president said, you know what, the pandemic probably is over and we should wind down all these pandemic protocols. Now, he put a fuse on it. Uh, it's a delayed fuse that doesn't, doesn't happen until May. I think that's wrong. I think we can end them right now. But if my, uh, if my not, non-presence at the White House helped him get to this good decision, then God bless, Jay. Uh, no question. Congressman Lodo with us. A couple of minutes. Um, you know, Congressman, I think the biggest threat to this country right now, and I think what will easily be the biggest issue as we head into 2024 and the elections and everything else, is the border. I mean, the the fact that these cartels have penetrated the border with fentanyl, they are in this country right now. We saw a family of six wiped out a couple of weeks ago, California. 
it is a dire situation, in my estimation. Dire. Uh, considering the amount of people, 18 to 45, that are dying because of this, based on the fentanyl poisoning that's coming into this country, it's not being addressed. We know that. The president was in El Paso a couple of weeks ago. They cleaned up the streets, cleaned up the migrants. Everything was fine. Kamala, you know, went down to Arizona. That wasn't Yuma. Uh, you know, listen, huge problem. And the question is, will anything be done about it? The question also I have is Secretary Mayorkas. Do we get him in front as far as impeachment is concerned? If you can get to those two things, that'd be great. So 100,000 deaths resulting from fentanyl, that's about 270 deaths per day. That's the equivalent of a commercial airliner crashing every day. This is front-page newsworthy. This is something deserving of a bipartisan solution from Congress, specifically from the executive branch who's charged with enforcing congressional past laws. Now, I'm going to go to the border in February with the Homeland Security. I'm going to see for myself kind of what I already know, how bad of a problem it is, how porous our border is, how understaffed and under-equipped our border agents are. We should be using the best technology possible to ensure that we secure that border. Now, we also need a physical barrier called a wall, a fence, or whatever else. I know the wall triggers some people, Jay, and and that's sad that it does. But we need to secure the damn border already to ensure that we protect those precious American lives, because that fentanyl is coming from China across the Mexico border, and it's the number one cause of death of young folks 11, 18 to 45. We need to get on this right away. We need to hold Secretary Mayorkas accountable. He's going to have a reserve parking spot outside of the House of Representatives, because we're going to have him in there before that Homeland Security Committee, under oath, being questioned day after day after day to ensure that we that he knows that we know he ought to be held to a higher standard because he should be enforcing the laws that are on the books right now. We learned in 10th grade, Jay, that the executive branch is there to enforce the laws passed by the legislative branch. And the Department of Homeland Security, under his watch, simply isn't doing it. It's totally offensive. He, he lies. He lies to Congress. Uh, he is not being truthful. With what's truly going on, you know, I, I heard a clip from the El Paso mayor, another one, uh, a big El Paso, El Paso official down there who's lying. Uh, it is a massive crisis not being addressed. This president has blood on his hands. That's all we can say. Uh, two quick things, two quick ones for you. Uh, one, the you mentioned on the committee, business, small business added. I'm just curious. I, I hate to even devote any time to this guy. In Santos, um, the most egregious thing is is to me how you take money from a veteran, alleged, still being investigated by the FBI, uh, and you pocket that money. You pocket that money when you could have helped a veteran with a dog. I mean, I don't know if it gets any worse than that. If it's true, some of the other stuff is beyond despicable. But how do you go about your business looking at this guy almost on a daily basis? So David very consistent and clear from the beginning that he should do the right thing and just resign his seat already. I've called for investigations both in Congress and in law enforcement into the details like what you just mentioned. And this isn't about politics. It's about serving the people of Long Island and ensuring that Long Islanders specifically from the 3rd Congressional District have an adequate voice in Congress, because right now they don't. 
He has no credibility either in Congress or back home. And it's a total distraction. And I'm trying to focus on delivering results for Long Island. Garbarino and Desposito are partners in that, ensuring that we vote as a block, that we get leadership's attention on things that matter for Long Island. It would be more advantageous for Long Island if we had a fourth member in that block, ensuring that Long Island got the resources it needs and the attention it needs and the legislation it needs. But right now, we have, we're have we hampered uh, by, by his mere existence. It's a distraction. And, Jay, he needs to go the sooner the better, Jay. He needs to go? I've offered him a platform on this show to address his constituency rather than go on the OAN network, which is another part of lunacy in uh, George Santos's life. Uh, Nick Lalota, always a pleasure. We'll have you on every month. We look forward to it. And uh, anything you need as far as information being told, you know where to go, sir. You're the best, Jay. God bless. Enjoy your morning, and, uh, and I hope your audience is doing well. Thank you, sir. That's Congressman Nick Lalota, ladies and gentlemen, representing and fine, fine, fa- I tell you, fine fashion. And that was a good pick. That was a great pick. You know, give Jesse Garcia a lot of credit for that. Really. I mean, he's doing a great job. He, and like I said, he's, he's like a seasoned veteran down there. 